If you're looking for a podcast that has a couple of comedians sitting around talking about how screwed up their childhoods were. Oh, you might be onto something here. That's true. <laughs> it's close. <laughs> okay. Okay. This is Comedy Tragedy Marriage. marriage. And welcome to. Comedy Tragedy Marriage, a podcast where a couple of old married people sit around talking about movies or TV shows or documentaries or whatever they have watched each week. Uh, I stand the movie man and my better half. Maud the Green Broad. Okay. Uh, take turns picking stuff to watch and then we sit down and talk about them. This week it was my turn and... Uh, as I announced last week, we uh, we watched Dr. Seuss's The Grinch, the 2018 uh, computer-generated imagery version of How the Grinch Stole Christmas. That's why I'm green. Get uh, it? Yeah. I'm sure they do now. Clever. Uh, uh, it stars uh, the voice work of Benedict Cumberbatch, as well as... Rashida Jones, Kenan Thompson, and Angela Lansbury shows up in a brief role as the mayor of Whoville. And the movie is narrated by Pharrell Williams. Happy yeah. right. Um, and, uh, of course, this is the third version of How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the uh, 1966 original that had Boris Karloff doing most of the voice work with a brief appearance by the voice of June Foray. Uh, and then, of course, the Jim Carrey uh, version, directed by Ron Howard in 2000, and now we get, uh, well, actually, last year, we, we get The Grinch. It was a fairly popular film. Um, it made a decent amount of money. Uh, it had a budget of $75 million, which actually for a CG film is sort of, oh, you know, not, not outrageous. Not outrageous. And worldwide, it made $511 million. Definitely a decent return on investment. Definitely. Uh, of course, after you take into account the interest on the money that was borrowed to make the movie and promotion and stuff, it still made approximately a hundred and eighty million dollar profit. Yeah. Still which decent. You you know, you're 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 good. I could make that work. <laughs> I I could I could muddle through somehow I, I with a hundred and eighty million dollars. Um now in preparation for this I suggest we watch the original How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Uh we had it on D V D and we also watched several of the uh, bonus features on the DVD. Um, and, of course, there's the obvious difference in style because the text of the film, uh, of the original How the Grinch Stole Christmas, is straight off the page. It's from the book. And they padded the runtime, which would have only been about 12 minutes, uh, in order to make it half an hour. Uh, they added a lot of you know, physical comedy to um, the the story, like when Max uh, gets 
overrun by the sled, and he's sitting on the back of, of the sled. Yeah, and the Grinch panting. looks back at him. Yes. Um, a lot of music and stuff was added to sort of round it out, flesh it out, um, and fill in the time. Yeah. This, and it was masterfully done. It was terrifically done. Um, the 2000 uh, live-action Grinch felt like it was about 17 hours long when I watched it. <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of extra stuff going on in that movie. Uh, and, of course, they let Jim Carrey be Jim Carrey. So he's uh, ripping and... Right. Um, and apparently one day, one day on the set, he, he felt very claustrophobic inside all of the latex and the costume and everything. And he ripped it off of himself. Ew. He just sort of had had enough and he just started pulling it off. They weren't done for the day, by the way. They, well, they were then. They were then. And I think to show uh, support for his lead actor, Ron Howard, the director, went through the entire process and worked the whole day in the makeup. Ew. Just, just so that he could say, I'm right there with you. I know what this is like. I don't like it it's either. It's terrible. Let's get through this and then you never have to put this stuff on again. I cannot imagine the hours not only sitting in the makeup chair, having all of that glop and goop applied, mm -hmm. but then having to e emote and make facial expressions and and just live in it. In that respect... Uncomfortable. He His face is so rubbery to start with that he was able to push through all the latex and actually give some emotional uh, reactions uh, in the face for for the Grinch. He also was wearing giant contact lenses yeah. that covered his entire eyeball. So kudos. Yes. Uh, but that's not what we're here to talk about. No. We're here to talk about Dr. Seuss's The Grinch. Um, it's very sort of brightly colored and uh, lots of uh, candy um, bright colors of, of the town and the people's clothes. And, of course, The Grinch is... A rather vivid green. Oh, yeah. Um, and um, he has all these gadgets and things that, that you know, both for his caper and just in his day-to-day -day life, like uh, the, the dumb waiter that Max rides to uh, go from the kitchen up to the Grinch's bedroom. To take him his coffee every day. To take day. him his coffee every day. And, yeah, uh, the Grinch cave in this thing was actually really cool because we got a look inside and it was like catacombs mm -hmm. and tons of little twisty stairways. There, yes, there, there's a lot more uh, real estate uh, inside um, the, what was the name of the mountain? Uh, Mount, Mount Crumpet. Crumpet. Uh, that there's a lot more stuff going on inside Mount Crumpet than any of us knew, at least based on the 1966 version. Including a huge massive who grinch pipe organ yes which we get to see and hear and that was a treat for me because i'm a music geek so <laughs> that made me happy um and you know the the design of the who's is a little more human looking than it was in both the cartoon and the live action version um yeah they just have a button nose they don't have what appears to be that sort of snout. pointy snout um uh, that that is in the book and in every other version. Um, yeah, I kind of ding them for that. I think just for me, being a traditionalist mm -hmm. as I am, mm -hmm. and also a critter of habit, 
Um, I think with all of the um, computer-generated toys they had at their disposal, they could have been much more imaginative with the Who's faces. But it's their thing, so whatever. That's just my two cents. And uh, they may have been, since they knew they were playing to an audience that maybe has not seen the original Grinch. Which is heresy. Exactly. Uh, you're bad parents if you haven't shown your kids the original Grinch. Uh, but... Uh, don't send me letters. Don't, don't. Well, like you could. Um, but uh, there's... Uh, they they may have been dealing with with the idea of these kids aren't aware of what it looked like originally, so we'll Let's just we'll just make it look like pretty much every other sort of idealized CG person. Yeah, uh, and I didn't have a problem with that. I did, but that's okay. And uh, the other um, major character besides the Grinch and Max, uh, and I'll get to the livestock in a minute okay <laughs> uh is cindy lou who now in this version she has much more than two. Oh yeah um she is uh she it's her plan that sort of gets in the way of the grinch's plan um as uh, she is being raised by a single mother and uh she has two little twin brothers um and she wants Santa, her plan is to, to capture Santa and ask him if he will do something special for her mother because she works all the time and she always helps people and she takes care of all of them and she just wants Santa to do something nice for her mom. The mom is Rashida Jones, by yes. the way, and we get—we didn't really get to know Cindy Lou, whose mom, before. Well, no, we've—she uh, is in the live-action version, but she's not in the cartoon. Yeah, of course. Um, and the the way the 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 beginning of the transformation of the Grinch—I mean, spoiler alert—if you haven't seen it, but you know he changes by the end. But the, the transformation of the Grinch didn't feel right. For me, the whole Grinch character didn't feel right because he didn't start from such a place to begin with. Yes. He started more as like an adult with a traumatized childhood he was he was like more um more like angsty stressy than he was you know whoa, he he is sinister. not he is not the evil character um i mean he's nice to max on occasion um, yeah he's not he's not um he's not you know snapping the whip at max like right the other exactly that's was. where i was going next uh in the cartoon he um he he's whipping i don't think they ever show the whip actually touching max but it scares him yeah and to get him to run the to sleigh. get him to to pull the sleigh and he goes, oh. yeah and he 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 um you know he's he's whipping him constantly because Max is a small dog. He's like mush, mush, mush. And and Max is having a hard time pulling the sleigh. In this version, he has a relationship with Max that is not as angry or 
uh, almost abusive the way uh, the animated Grinch is towards his dog. This Grinch doesn't start as mean. Right. Uh, which I think in in part is why the um, conversion, if you will, at the end from uh, two sizes too small to three sizes that day, mm-hmm. talking about his heart, um, d- d- doesn't feel earned, really. I mean... It's not complete, is it? No, no. Because he starts as not that bad a guy, and we get some backstory on the Grinch We uh, in this version. We find out that he was raised in an orphanage, which is similar to the live-action version. Um, And that he was alone at Christmas, I guess every Christmas, um, and that was why he hates Christmas, because he saw everybody else with their family and with their friends having a happy time. Made him sad. At Christmas, and it made him sad. And so he was going to take that sadness out on um, all the Who's in Whoville uh, by stealing their Christmas. The the There was a scene where he goes down into Whoville because, for some reason, he has not shopped for enough food and the food is gone in his place. There's a very funny scene of emotional eating, a little short montage of him eating all the food again which is more sad grinch than mean grinch that's true but he he is forced to go down into whoville mm-hmm. like four days before christmas to stock up on who hash and all the other stuff <laughs> so he and max and the little red wagon go down into and his his demeanor in whoville with all the lights and the people it's almost like an anxiety attack mm-hmm it, much more so than grumbly, growly, mean Grinch. He was like scared, spastic, um, traumatized Grinch. Yes, yes. I, I, I see that. And yeah. I agree with you. Um, yeah. I, it was and weird. again, this is, this is a, a, a movie probably aimed at like 13 and younger. Um, and I'm nodding. People can't hear me yes, nod, but she's I'm nodding. nodding. She's agreeing with me. And I always agree with Stan. Hmm, okay. <laughs> Santa does not like liars. Okay. What does mommy say about the liars, Stuart? The soul of the liar is black like poop. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Sure. Yeah, you do a very good, Stuart. Mad TV. All Mad right. TV. Uh, but um, uh, I've completely forgotten what we were talking about. Uh, he's in the town, and anxiety he's shopping, attack. anxiety attack, um, and, you know, it, again, granted, they're padding a 25-minute TV show that was a 12-minute book. Into an hour and a half. Into a 86-minute, and that includes the credits. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're, they're essentially tripling, well, actually, more like quadrupling, no, um, seven or eight times the length of the book yeah in you know to to get a movie out of it um the the movie was not terribly well reviewed at the time of its release on metacritic it had a 51 uh although it, it had a higher rotten tomato score but as i've explained before it can be just barely positive and it'll get a thumbs up yeah. or a or a tomato as opposed to a rotten tomato so uh, the the consensus was 
the voice work was good and the visuals were good, mm -hmm. but it didn't really do anything new with the story. And I'm not sure they could have done anything new well, with the story. See, I disagree with that. I think that they tried to do something new with it and um, didn't need to. Well, actually, I ha I misspoke. It wasn't anything new. It didn't add anything to the existing story. Yeah. Uh, it, for me, it almost felt like they were trying too hard. And I will give a special ding because they added more rhyming poetry, which all of the original book, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, and the... Um, 1966 TV show that was all straight from Dr. Seuss mm -hmm. that, and he had a very unique rhyming style and cadence and rhythm and they tried to add more poetry into this film and for me that just like dude don't try to no just don't and you know Boris Karloff read was the narrator of the Grinch as well as the voice of the, the character. character. You can't compete with that. I mean, I know Pharrell. Um, I, I like Happy. Got it on. It's it's in my my it's in it's in my phone with the music and stuff. Sing, dude. Don't quit your day job for doing voiceover work, though. Uh, love your big hat, but. Uh, I, I'm, uh, no, I don't think Pharrell was a good choice. It didn't work. What they should have done was had Benedict Cumberbatch in his, with his accent, his British accent. Do the narration. Do the narration. I think that that would have been a lot smarter, but and, they weren't asking me. And there is very little of the original text from the book in the movie. Well, yeah, because there was 12 minutes worth of... Well, of text. But, well, yeah, but, I mean, very little of the text from the book is in the movie. There are variations of it in the dialogue in yeah. some spots. Um, and But you it's know, not complete, it's, you're it's, right. It, it loses some of the charm and the magic of Dr. Seuss's writing. Yeah, um, agreed. So, you know, I, I it's fine. For uh, what it is. For what it is, and and when Max got his bone at the end, I there was a little spoiler alert. A little little bit of mist. There was a little dust in my eye, but um, and you know when he's at the dinner at the end, you know, that that was sweet and I liked it, and but uh, I agree with you. They did not need to make this movie. I don't care how much money it made. I'm glad it made you know a lot of money. But OMG! They didn't. They didn't need to make this movie. Yeah, this thing didn't need to happen. And I like Benedict Cumberbatch. I I like Rashida Jones. Don't I'm not a hundred percent familiar with everything she's done, but um, but you know, the voice cast is good. But you know, they just didn't need to make it. I I occasionally yes. I think they just need to leave well enough alone. Thank you. Yes. We'll talk more about The Grinch and some other stuff right after this. Welcome back to Comedy Tragedy Marriage. Uh, we're talking about the uh, 2018, 2018 version of Grinch. Version of Dr. Seuss's The Grinch. Uh, there was uh, another, actually, couple of added uh, characters of, of a livestock nature. Uh, there is a 
a big reindeer, a big round reindeer named Fred. I liked Fred. Fred was cool. Fred was essentially just a, like a St. Bernard. Uh, big round comic relief. Yes, and like to lick the Grinch. Uh, and yeah, he, he's a lot of fun. I, I like that addition. I also like the Screaming Goat, which they, uh, <laughs> uh, which plays a role early in the, in the movie and is the tag at the end, uh, with callback. But, uh, again, I, I, I like, it, it was just business to fill up time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't um, fool me. And while it was entertaining business, I I liked the goat. I liked Fred. Uh, and when Fred and has Kenan Thompson, his, beardy dude. Yeah, Keenan Thompson was in there as the guy who calls himself the Grinch's best friend, even though the Grinch has no friends. Has no friends except and, for Max. Uh, and and doesn't like this guy at all. But he plays a big part in the plot when mm-hmm. he steals his when the Grinch steals his sled decoration from on top of his house. I, I that that was fine too, um, but as we said in the first half of this, uh, it didn't need to be made. Now, for I'm something, shocked that you agree with me. Um, and also I um I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I would. So, how many reindeers would you give it? <laughs> reindeers, uh, shiny golden reindeers. Um, I'm gonna give this one two and a half. Um, I, it it had it hit some of the notes, but it missed a lot of them, and you know it pales in comparison if you watch it next to the original TV special. Um, so two and a, two and a half shiny reindeer for Dr. Seuss's The Grinch. Yeah, I think that's fair. Two two and a half. Um... Two and a half bones from me. Uh, okay. We're, we're bones? Reindeer? Max's bones. Oh, yeah. Except it was green. And Whatever. Squeaky. Yeah, well. <laughs> okay. Have you uh, watched anything of late? I did. The other night, I watched um, installment two of Dolly Parton's Heartstrings mm-hmm. on Netflix. Um, the second movie was based on her song, Two Doors Down. She opens the movie talking about her family and her family on the road because she you know has been a touring musician in her you know decades of her career mm-hmm. talking about um that her her road family has been made up of all kinds of people gay trans straight mm-hmm. um and it didn't matter what kind of people they were as mm-hmm. long as everybody got along and was nice to each other mm-hmm. the the plot of this movie is based around um, this um, family matriarch um, portrayed beautifully by Melissa Leo. Um, She is, um, we open the movie and she's in this whole dither because her daughter is getting married New Year's Eve in this very huge, very fancy Georgia hotel. Mention is made of the mother's ordeal from last year, which we find out she had been ill. Mm-hmm. Um, but Southern genteel people in her rich echelon do not talk about such things as cancer. It's an oh, ordeal. It's an ordeal. Um, yeah. And they, when they talk about it, they say she had the cancer. You know, 
they whisper it like if it's said out loud, they're that you know, kind it, of, they're going to catch it. Yeah, that kind of culture. Yes. Yes. She's very much about um, putting up appearances and trying to impress her country club society ladies. And um, part of the plot is a surprise revelation from her other child, her son who um, is in a relationship that no one expected. Okay. Um, I don't want to spoil anything. I think I already figured it out. You probably have. <laughs> probably anybody could figure it out. But she she gets a, a good lesson in what's really important with your family relationships and that it doesn't all have to be about being impressive and being rich and looking the right way or seeming the right way. Mm -hmm. um, it, it was heartwarming and funny. And, of course, Dolly plays a role in this movie as well. She is the surprise entertainment that's brought in to ring in the new year. So we get a little <laughs> mini concert from Dolly and, you know, the family... Um, does its thing and they tie it all up with a bow. And it, but, but these movies so far have been enjoyable. Well, good. I'm glad you've enjoyed them. Yeah. You I'm also discovered. <laughs> you've also discovered Blast from the Past. <gasps> oh, my stars. Okay, y'all. Here's the thing. Um, I'm, I don't mess with the TV a whole lot. I read and I, you know, don't watch a whole lot of TV. I'm kind of a creature of habit. But, um, I went off on a tangent a couple of nights ago um, looking through what all CBS all access. all access has. Okay. In addition to the original Beverly Hills 90210 and Melrose Place, which I delighted in hating back in the day when I actually <laughs> worked at a Fox affiliate oh, yeah, and right. ran those shows yeah. during primetime. So, of yeah. course, I know all those people. Yeah. Um, I found old Perry Mason black and white episodes. Oh, my stars. So I have started binging Perry Mason from the pilot episode, um, and it, it's been delightful. It's just so stylish and mm -hmm. so um, so evocative of that era, you know? I mean, these huge, enormous cars with e even more huge, enormous -er tail fins mm -hmm. on the back of them. It's just really, really cool. And and the the shoulders on these men, I mean, back then was when men's suits had shoulders bit, built into them. Well, Perry Masons were larger than everyone else's. And if you notice, no, in the courtroom scenes, if you notice Perry Mason's wardrobe versus the prosecutor, Hamilton Berger is the name of the character, William Tallman was the actor, um, Tallman's suits are just a lot narrower. Hmm. And, you know, I mean, Raymond Burr was a large man. He was tall, wide, built like a wall. Mm -hmm. Even when he was thin, he was big. Um, but I think that part of the wardrobe was manipulated to make the characters look more imposing in Perry Mason's instance and more mousy in the the prosecutor's. Uh, we I sat down and watched a couple with you the other night, mm -hmm. and... I always knew that Trask, the police detective, Trask, is that his name? Trag. Trag, excuse me. Trag. Ray Collins was the actor who portrayed Lieutenant Trag. 
that that Trag always enjoyed when he felt like he had one over on Perry. You can just feel the condescension oozing out of mm-hmm. him. But I never really noticed it until, you know, I mean, I, I, I knew that he enjoyed ha- thinking he had one up on Perry. But watching it here, my goodness, it's like a high school play. <laughs> the kind of just... He just just loves feeling like he's gonna finally beat Perry at his own game, and of course he never does. Little bit of interesting trivia about Ray Collins: um, he was an old friend of Orson Welles. Mm-hmm. Did radio theater back in the day. Okay. Film debut was in War of the Worlds. Okay. Had come from the stage, I think, as well. So some interesting pedigree there, but. Um, his voice was very distinctive. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see him doing a lot of radio theater. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I've I've enjoyed watching those. I enjoyed watching them years and years ago. Well, uh, this harkens back to early in our marriage when um, you would leave for work in the morning, and I would make myself a cup of tea and sit down in front of the TV, and I would watch old Perry Mason and maybe old Bewitched episodes. Uh, so that that has has it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, anything else? Um, watching-wise, not so much. Okay. No, Are you nothing re- I can think of. And We um, just watched a couple of Dead Files, though. That was cool. Yes, that is... Uh, guilty pleasure. The, the, ghost epi- the ghost shows are my guilty pleasure because of how clearly manipulated they all are. Um, and the Dead Files it works real hard to just put that front and center. Because every time the retired police detective... Uh, finds out something about the property uh, where these people's house, the haunted house, is. Uh, They juxtapose that with the psychic medium going through the house and talking about the thing that he just found out. Well, yeah. (laughs) Okay, here's the thing. Uh, The ghost shows in general, I'm not a fan of. The Dead Files, however, is a guilty pleasure for me because it's not just they're hunting ghosts. It's um, Amy Allen, the psychic medium, um, going in and talking about all the different spirits and stuff that haint the place. And um, retired police, New York police detective Steve DeShavi, who's just a, you know, good old slob of a dude. Um, I love him. Um, and you actually said that you listened to a podcast that he guested on. He talked a lot about his background and yeah. that he was really interesting and has a cool backstory. But anyway, I'm going down a rabbit hole. Dead Files is my, um, is my guilty pleasure. The rest of the ghost stuff, I, sh- I really don't care about any of it. Yeah. Um, Destination Fear is growing on me, but that is essentially ghost adventures. Um, because the lead guy in that is is somebody who used to work on Ghost Adventures. Oh, Zach um, Groff. Um, no. Um, well, Zach Bagans is... Um, yeah, is, Nick Groff. Uh, right, and he's on a completely... Yeah. He's, he's two shows past Ghost Adventures. Zach, Nick, and Aaron were the original Ghost Adventures crew, and with names like Zach, Nick, and Aaron, they sound like a boy band. So, <laughs> And... Zach actually looks like he would be in a boy band or in a fraternity. One yeah. that's been suspended for nefarious reasons. Anyway, 
but yeah, I I've, I I do. I like watching the ones where they follow each other around with cameras. And what was that? Oh man, Bleep. dude, bro, bleep! <laughs> oh uh, my god! <laughs> yeah. The light anomalies. You mean the floating dust? The yeah. dust balls. Yeah. yeah, the floating dust. Uh, so yeah, that's that. I I enjoy that. I enjoy Dead Files too, because it, of its consistency. Well, yeah, you know what you're gonna get. Amy, is this what you saw? Yes. Yes. Yes, it was. Uh, so anyway, that's the Dead Files. Um, and uh, let's see. Oh, I saw Jojo Rabbit in the theater. Um, Taika Waititi's movie, where he both wrote. He well, he he wrote. He directed, uh, produced, and plays Adolf Hitler. Uh, wow. But this Adolf Hitler is the uh, imaginary friend of a young boy named Jojo, who who got the, who picks up the nickname Jojo Rabbit. Set in the last weeks of World War II, um, it's comedic, but there are some you know heavier moments in it, and I liked it, but I was a little put off by how. The ugliness and the horror of war is hinted at, but you know Downplayed. he he leaves it alone for the most part. Yeah. But you know I, I enjoy Jojo Rabbit, and if you have it uh, in a theater near you, it's in somewhat limited release. It may be nationwide, but in a lot of places it's going to be in one theater. So check it out. I enjoyed it, but I did have my reservations about it. Um, anything else? Anything else? I guess that's about it. I don't remember really watching much of anything else. No? The bonus features on the Grinch DVD were cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it, again, you know, it's on, uh, the not 2018 version of the Grinch is on Netflix, so... You know, if you got kids, it's perfectly fine. There's nothing, you know, it's rated PG for rude humor, but... Which I didn't even... There like. really isn't any rude humor, except when that kid is putting uh, maple syrup on the waffle in yeah. that one scene where they're plotting how to capture um, Santa, Claus. Santa Claus. It makes a sound that sounds like somebody passing gas. That I think is the extent of it. Oh, and and when, when Fred blows whipped cream out his nose and, and then, then sucks it, it back, back in. in. Yeah, that's that is about the extent of the rude humor. Yeah. Uh, I thought it might be some a potty joke or or you know something along that line. A fart sound effect or something. Well, they, there was with the with the maple syrup. Yeah, so I didn't get that. Yeah, well, you know, it's fine. Uh, but that's about it. it. You can set your kids in front of it. And they will lose their mind. Well, it's beautifully colorful. It yes. looks it looks really cool. If you're not looking for actual who's that look like who's, <laughs> um, but it, it is very colorful. The when they darken the town and the lights come up on mm-hmm. all the houses and stuff, that's mm-hmm. really impressive. So it's it's not you know devoid of value. It's just it didn't need to happen. And it it sort of guts the story. Yeah. A little bit, but well, not a little bit. It guts the story. Uh, so uh, two and a half uh, shiny reindeer, flying reindeer, whatever. Uh, two two is, and a half bones from me is what we gave it. So um, it's not the worst thing you could sit down and watch, but you do yourself a much bigger favor to watch the original, whether you see it on TV or you uh, buy 
but just buy the DVD. Buy the so DVD you'll have it and get the hand. bonus features. And and that way you don't have to wait for it to show up on TV. You can just watch it whenever. And if you have very small children, they will make you watch it every day from now until next Christmas. So enjoy that. Uh, <laughs> that's going to take care of it for us this week. Um, so we appreciate you listening. Uh, and joining us on this sort of goofy journey we have uh, started. I believe this is our 14th episode. Um, and we appreciate all six of our regular listeners. So, uh, thank you very much for that. Uh, if you don't mind, share the word uh, about Comedy Tragedy Marriage on your social media. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever, TikTok. I'd like to see a video of us on TikTok. Who knows? It might be the next viral thing, and we might get, like, eight listeners. Hashtag fame whore. Hashtag fame whore. Make it happen, people. So, <laughs> uh, and on top of that, if you uh, have a, an iTunes account, uh, go to uh, the podcast app and give us a five-star review. That would be greatly appreciated. For my lovely wife, Maud. I am Stan the Movie Man. Check out my movie reviews at StanTheMovieMan.com. Follow me on Twitter at MovieManStan, hashtag FameWork. And if you want to send us an email, you can do that, StanTheMovieMan123 at gmail.com. Until next time. Later. Later! Yay!